0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 885 of the Juicebox podcast. Jenny Smith is back today, and we're going to do another in the type 2 diabetes pro tip series. Today, we're going to talk about medications like GLP-1s, Insulin, metformin, and uh, we're going to touch on a few others. This may end up being a part one of two because we get pretty far into the conversation about the GLP1s. Now, if you don't know what those are, those are Ozempic, Bajarno. These are once weekly injectables made for type 2 diabetes. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. You can get 10% off your first month of therapy at betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox, and you can save 35% on your entire order at cozyearth.com when you use the offer code JuiceBox to check out. Cozy Earth is towels, sheets, my gosh, uh, sweatshirts, sweatpants, really great stuff. Cozyearth.com. Use the offer code JuiceBox at checkout to save 35% off your entire order. This episode of the JuiceBox podcast is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems. Whether you have type 1 diabetes or type 2 diabetes, seeing your blood sugar in real time is a game changer. Dexcom.com forward slash JuiceBox. Jenny hello hi We are back. We have a number of episodes in our type 2 Pro tip series already up and being consumed by people. It's just terrific. Today we're gonna talk about medications that people with type 2 might find themselves using. So I struggle there
1: are with- so many yes medications. Yeah,
0: yeah. I struggle <laughs> to ask you if we should begin with what's hot right now in the news, which is like GLP-1s, or if we should just start Mm -hmm. with insulin and end with GLP-1s. So I think insulin.
1: You want to start with insulin?
0: I think so. I want them to understand how it works. And then we can tell them later how these other things might help them as well.
1: Okay. Because it's not, I would, and that's great because I think, I think on the mind of a lot of people with type 2 is that insulin is, going to be in the picture at some point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think answering what is insulin, how does it work, what is it supposed to do, et cetera, is good to start with. I think in terms of where people might start once they're diagnosed may not necessarily be insulin. In fact, that may be very far down the road or maybe not at all. Yeah. Um. You know, but I think it, There are lots to discuss so we can start with insulin because we know insulin,
0: right? Yeah, we can talk about that. We can talk about that. (laughs) And and I do think that from what I'm learning, these GLP-1s really could be a situation where if you are in a prediabetes situation, type 2 even, it's possible that you could get out of being in that category with the GLP-1s at some point. Um, do you think that's true? Do you think they could keep people at bay for even a lifetime?
1: In, in fact, in terms of, you know, like the GLP ones and the other ones that we'll discuss and talk about. They should actually, from a lot of the new standards that are done by the ADA, right, the mm-hmm. standards of diabetes care, not only should we be individualizing management person to person, right? It used to be a a chart that was followed start with this, go to this, move to this, but we really do need to, and the standards of care suggest to personalize, mm-hmm. to really in depth talk to the person that you're working with from the clinical standpoint and say, hey, you know, what are your lifestyle factors? Where are your glucose levels? What lifestyle changes have been put into place? let's look at the meds that one we could use that would be beneficial right. um and oftentimes the glp1s and and that these newer kinds should actually be more of a front line
2: mm-hmm.
1: um rather than insulin honestly yeah. Yeah. um because they have they have a lot more protective and we'll talk a little bit more about it obviously um but there are a lot more protective components to some of these newer meds as well, and they're protective in many of the things that we talk about in terms of diabetes complications. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't we want to start with some medications that can prove very beneficial in many avenues of type 2 management, weight management, um, new nu- nutrition intake, glucose management, all of that stuff? Why wouldn't we start with them versus Something that might be old school and doesn't fit their need, really.
0: Yeah, and that makes me think too of metformin, which is taken in a pill, but that's a drug that's been around what, since the 50s, maybe.
1: For, Ever. eons. And I think, oh my gosh, metformin, I'd ha- it was like one of the, it's like the first,
2: <laughs> well, like there,
1: if I remember.
0: There is as much research about metformin and insulin and diabetes and weight. As there is about longevity. Like, there is yes. a ton of metformin research around longevity as well. Yes, um, yes. I think we can, that'll seep into the conversation as we go. But let's just start with insulin because. Sure. Because what if somebody with type 2 is finding themselves here and they're already on insulin? Um, yes. So, I mean, what is it you need to know, really? Um, if you have type 2, are they going to put you on a basal insulin? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is anything possible with insulin with type two? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. They could potentially see that when they're looking at glucose levels, especially if you have a CGM or if you're just doing finger sticks, your fasting glucose level is not meeting target, Mm -hmm. right? Under a hundred is what we're aiming for. Then they may start you on just a basal insulin with the goal being of overall lowering that background. Um, glucose level to get you waking at a fasting target level, yeah, right? Um, so yes, basil could be a first start if we're talking just insulin in use. Um, and basil insulin, it's the foundation of kind of management. it's yeah. it's kind of what keeps things stable. If you were to live in a world without food, and without stress, and without anything else, those variables mm-hmm. that impact blood sugar, your basal insulin should hold things
0: stable. Yeah. So in type two, if my average blood sugar is like 120 all day long, for example, and I might inject the basal insulin once a day, and then I might see my average blood sugar sit lower, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. and, and maybe I see spikes at meals, but they come back pretty quickly on their own, and so, just the basal might help. But if that's not the case, then I also might get a mealtime insulin as well to inject to compensate for food.
1: Correct, right. a rapid-acting insulin. Right. Yes, and, um, and and rapid being that it. I mean, rapid. We hate the word "rapid" when we talk about insulin because yeah. it's it's not as fast as like instantaneous action. It takes you know, 20, 30 minutes for it to really get going and get moving. But its action profile is really short, where basal insulin you may take once a day, and it has about a 24-hour effect. Mm-hmm. Rapid insulin is much shorter. It goes in and out. Um, so it clears within about three to five hours right. is the, the average, right? Yeah.
0: So you could you might find yourself just using a basal insulin, which is a once-a-day background insulin, you might find yourself using a meal insulin along with it. Is there a world where they would give you mealtime insulin but not basal? No.
1: That's not so- – well, there might be, but that's not something that I've seen. Okay. Um lately and there are other meds, obviously we're going to talk about a lot of the meds. There might be some other meds that are in use and maybe, maybe the mealtime management is not going as well. The other meds are helping in one way, but the mealtime navigation, it just needs, it needs some insulin to assist, Mm -hmm. right? That might be a scenario where there is some rapid acting insulin added to kind of assist in that picture, but typically not. If you're not using a basil you wouldn't really only be using a rapid insulin insulin without a basil so the
0: progression might be basil if that doesn't help then mealtime do people do basil and metformin yes yes okay Mm -hmm. um I'm trying to think of what I would wonder if I had type 2 diabetes. That's that's where my brain is like skipping around to right now.
1: Well, and a and a big reason as you just mentioned might you do basal insulin and like a metformin. Mm-hmm. Um remember that metformin is not one that really increases the risk of hypoglycemia or low blood sugar, whereas insulin's job, I mean it's its main job is to to bring your blood sugar levels down. Yeah, right. right? Your pancreas has really good management of all of that. It's just part of what your body should naturally be able to do so your body doesn't naturally drop your blood sugar too low. But when we take an injectable form of insulin, it's dose management. Okay. So it's it's really, we have to be very careful in adding oral medications, if there is insulin in the picture, mm-hmm. that those oral medications are also dosed appropriately, taken at the right time, and that they're also not potentially going to be something that's going to increase the risk of low blood sugars because somebody's already taking insulin, right? Um so metformin is a very safe one, so to speak, um because obviously its job isn't to really help release extra insulin mm-hmm. from your pancreas. It does help your body to use insulin better. It's an insulin sensitizer to some degree. Um it helps your body um to release less glucose essentially um, from your liver. liver. And that helps to keep the glucose levels more stable. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but again, it doesn't help your body make more insulin.
0: Okay. All right. So So can we should we talk a little bit about metformin here? Sure. Okay. So I don't know anything about this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hey Jenny, metformin. Go. <laughs>
1: Metformin. Yes. (laughs) Um, I mean, there's, you know, glucophage is, is another kind of name for metformin, right? You can take various forms and extended release, um, which many times people will actually tolerate better. The extended release it's slower. It doesn't have as like quick upfront action. Mm -hmm. Um, metformin The nice thing about it is that its side effects are very minimal. Upon starting it, the most common side effect is going to be a little bit of like nausea or sometimes stomach upset, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes a little bit of softer stool. But honestly, those symptoms typically go away within about a week or two after starting it. We also start metformin at a really low dose to begin with to evaluate tolerance Many times you may not see much impact from that starting low dose. Mm -hmm. And so then as tolerance is there, we can increase to more therapeutic doses. And that's done along with the doctors kind of assisting you to titrate that.
0: Do a lot of people see a metformin uh, given by a doctor prior to insulin, right? That's sort of their first step usually?
1: That used to be, yes. I think with, again, some of the newer meds that we'll talk about, sometimes now if, if you've got a really good doctor who is following a lot of the standards of care again metformin might be started but it might also be started again along with one of these newer meds mm-hmm. the goal being containment of blood sugar sooner than later yeah okay. to really get things as protected for some of those other complications that you know we want to mm-hmm. try to avoid
0: why so. why do we and let me see if you know the answer to this why do we see uh what's the phrase i don't want to use it it's not pejorative for me but bro science like why do you see those guys using metformin in general like they they like so what does metformin do besides besides help you with your blood sugar it's also impacting other things right
1: sure metformin is one of one of the few oral meds that has been shown in research to have a minor effect on weight
2: Okay,
1: meaning it doesn't in it doesn't increase the risk of gaining weight. Um, If anything, people will lose a slight amount of weight or at least be able to maintain weight. Um, Some of the other medications, because of the way that they work, can actually not be as beneficial in terms of weight loss. Mm -hmm. Um, Along with lifestyle changes and everything else that somebody with diabetes needs to be making, metformin is one that can help you to lose a little bit of weight. It's not going to be astounding weight loss, like 10, 20, 30 pounds, but anything taken off can be beneficial. So that's one one positive side effect, I guess, Mm. of using the medication.
0: I I googled metformin longevity, and Mm. I hit a Harvard study that says, preliminary studies suggest that metformin may actually slow aging and increase life expectancy by improving the body's responsiveness Responsiveness to insulin, uh, antioxidant effects, and improving blood vessel health. That, hmm. So I don't know how right or wrong that is, but I do know there's a ton of research about metformin on and longevity.
1: Things. Yeah, on longevity. Mm-hmm. Well, and and when you also uh, longevity also speaks to me in terms of ability to use long term too, not just in terms of the body, but also in terms of safety safety, right? Yeah, yeah. Because medications, as we know, outside of insulin, insulin's got a job. It does its job. It gets cleared. You take more of it. It's not like it really does other things in the, like it doesn't impact like Anything. your eyeballs and make them grow green spots, right? <laughs> <laughs> we are, I hope not. <laughs> I'm,
0: wondering why uh, your, I'm wondering why your imagination jumped to that, but okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, yes. Well, I have kids, you know, they've, <laughs> They're all about monsters and dragons and weird things. So, you know, Um, but a a lot of medications in many areas, not just diabetes, they have impact. And thus all the commercials on television you hear. If you have any of these side effects or you notice any of this and sometimes those commercials, I'm like, man, I think I'd rather live with this. See the side effects, you know, but metformin is one that is truly mostly GI side effects. And are there some people that. The GI side effects are so much that they they don't go away, they get worse, and they actually can't continue on it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's not as many people, but there are some people that it, it just isn't tolerated.
0: Is there any no, any way to know what that's tied to when they can't tolerate it? Is it people trying to like continue their dieting from prior, like their fueling plan hasn't changed? There's no connection that you can think of? Okay.
1: No, I mean, I, I'm sure that maybe there are some studies that I've not read or looked at in terms of why some people have symptoms or that those symptoms are so bad that they just can't even tolerate it mm-hmm. going above the starting dose. Um, but yeah, yeah, if it's I don't making know. you
0: sicker, then it's not an answer for sure. Yeah,
1: and with you know metformin, that kind of brings up when should you take it? We most often recommend on starting, people take it with their meals, right? So on starting, we usually say start taking it with your breakfast meal. Or with extended release, usually recommend taking that um, with your evening meal, right? Because there's a long-term action profile of, of it. Taking it with a meal decreases the chance of that stomach upset. And I even often tell people, take it in the middle of the meal, like sandwich it, eat a little bit, take the med, Eat the rest of your meals. So it's kind of like plopped between, <laughs>
0: gives <laughs> right? Gives you a chance, to, it a chance um, to break up in your stomach without hitting harshly somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, I mean, there are some, some, some certainly some kind of cautions. Obviously, um, with liver or some kidney problems, those are some reasons that consideration for not using or paying attention to tests. For liver and kidney function would be important if it was a med that was started. Um, but those are some of the things that, again, your doctor would be able to pay attention to and know whether or not they should even prescribe it yeah. for
0: you. I mean, I think it goes beyond saying, but consult your physician, pay close attention, be in contact, You know, yes. do your own research, it- those things.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, you mentioned when to take it. So I'll just add this. It's kind of One of those things that seems simple, but you might not think of it. If you're going to start a medication like this, uh, do it on the weekend or when you're not working. (laughs) You know, if you have off Tuesday and Wednesday, start it on Tuesday.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Because then you have a visual to any potential side effect that's going to be negative. Mm Mm-hmm. And you've got time to deal with it before having to go, you know, you take it in the morning, you have this big board meeting presentation and your stomach is going raw. Like, <laughs> oh, it's probably not the yeah, best thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. You don't want to be at work going, I think I'm going to have loose stools. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. That, that is not a good idea. Do no, that at no,
0: home no. on Saturday is what I'm saying. Um, yes. <laughs> that's all.
1: <laughs> be, be close to your own
0: toilet. <laughs> yes. So um, we're not going to see like huge effects from metformin. We will see, I mean, you will see ins- in huge effects from insulin. If you make it to insulin, like, you are going to notice a significant change in your A1C because you're going to be covering Correct. what your body can't cover for the basal side, for that long-acting insulin, and you're going to be yes. hitting your meals with a mealtime insulin. You're going to see a significant change yes. on insulin.
1: Insulin is like immediate efficacy. You you are, it's going to work.
0: Here we are, yeah. Right.
1: I mean, here it, and. Again, I should backtrack and say if your blood sugars have also been significantly high, you may see impact, but it's not like it's going to be so dramatic that you're going from a blood sugar of 300 down to 50, Hmm. right? You may have to increase dose slowly, which is actually much more optimal. You don't want major shifts down if you've been stable at really high blood sugars for a while. You don't want to all of a sudden be sitting at 80.
2: Mm-hmm. That,
1: that's not good for your body. Um, so, this slow titration, even of insulin, yes, you're going to see impact of it, but it may not be as quick as, gosh, I'm floating at target now.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right, Jay, let's spend the rest of this time talking about Gila monsters. A Dexcom CGM is at the core of how we manage my daughter's type 1 diabetes. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Go check it out. You could be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. You have to go look. And don't forget the Dexcom's G7 oh, just came out. My daughter wore it last week. Loved it. Much smaller than the G6. Absolutely. I don't. Know, she said she couldn't feel it go on and she didn't even know she was wearing it. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. See the speed and direction of your blood sugar. See the impact that the food you're eating is having on your blood sugar. And how about being able to see the impact that your medications are having on your blood sugar? right on your smartphone, Android or iPhone, or on your Dexcom receiver if you want. Use your phone, use the receiver. It's completely up to you. Want somebody to follow your progress? Up to 10 people can follow you on a Dexcom G6 and a Dexcom G7. My daughter's being followed by myself, my wife, and two of her roommates at college. Actually, three of her roommates at college. That's amazing, right? If you have type 2 diabetes, just as valuable. You're going to learn so much by watching the impacts of all the variables in your life. Exercise, stress, food, medication. Where is your blood sugar going? How fast is it going there? And what number is it? You couldn't ask for more honestly. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Make informed decisions. You ready? Do you know why I said that?
2: Mm,
1: I know why you said it. You tell me <laughs> since
0: all right. It let's... sounds
1: like it sounds like you know you studied.
0: <laughs> so there's a Canadian researcher who studied Gila monsters. Is it, it's Gila monster, Gila monster? Doesn't matter. Big lizard, right? And I yes. think that, I think the story goes that initially he noticed that they don't eat very much and then started to try to figure out why and found GLP-1 in the in their saliva. Is that right? Mm. Am mm-hmm. I getting this right? Okay. Um, and that was a while ago, by the way. Like I know- A that, long time. Yeah, yeah. I know we we get wrapped up in like, You know what's going on in social media, and you know famous people are using GLP ones to lose weight, and oh, we can't, you know, whatever. All that—that's all just noise. Um, This has been going on for quite some time. I can remember—it's got to be 15 years ago. A doctor tried to give my wife uh, Victoza for weight Mm. loss, and Mm -hmm. it made her very. It didn't. Didn't.
1: It didn't work well. Go
0: well with her. Yeah. Um, but since then, others have come along. So let's see if I can get these. GLP-1s. Uh, Ozempic, Trulicity, Victoza, Bieta, uh, Where There's more. I don't know. There's one that starts with an A. Um, I'll find it. Hold on.
1: Those are, I, I would say that those are them.
0: The, Go ahead. Well, they're not all GLP-1s though, right? Like with semaglutide, some of them are so GLP ones are some. All right, Jenny, you got to help me here. So GLP ones are semaglutide. Is that correct?
1: GLP one. You tell me. What oh, is what does your list say?
0: <laughs> I don't know if I trust the list because Victoza, for an example, is often listed as GLP one, but is not it have a different main component?
1: So Victoza and Byetta were the oldest. Okay. Right. Bayetta was, if I remember correctly, the first on the market in the very early 2000s, and it was dosed twice a day, Mm -hmm. right? And then everybody was like, oh, but what if we could just take this once a day? And there there came to be Victoza, Mm -hmm. which was once a day. And then things like Trulicity. Trulicity is once a week. Similar to Ozempic, which is once a week, mm-hmm. um, and which just increases the potential. Um, I mean, and you're right, Semaglutide or however you were saying it, whatever is GLP one.
0: So, so it's, it's Semaglutide. I hear some people say Semaglutide. I don't think that's correct at all. Uh. I,
1: it might. I I say Semaglutide. It might yeah. be Semaglutide. I. There are so many ways to say these. These names of yes. things that yes. as long as you know the category and what it's supposed to be doing in your body,
0: great.
2: Right. <laughs> so but
0: I, I pointed out that Victoza is leriglutide. So it's not exactly the newer drugs. And I think it's, this is good.
1: It's all formulation.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Right? Um, I mean, it's kind of it's formulation. I think that's the easiest way. I mean, they have in terms of action, their action profiles are all similar enough, but some are taken, uh, like I said, more on a daily basis, and some are taken more on a long-term um, sort of basis. Which I think for some people makes it a lot easier that they don't have to remember something every single day. Yeah. But in general, these GLP ones, their action profile is to really increase insulin secretion and to help. Again, kind of like metformin, decrease glucose release sort of from the liver, specifically in the after-meal time period. Yeah. And then they also help to delay um, sort of stomach emptying and like the glucose kind of breakdown and whatnot, which helps to increase satiety, which is a huge reason that GLP-1s are beneficial for weight
2: loss.
0: Mm -hmm. And if if I'm – so. For me, if this was me going into a doctor's office and I, I was like, look, I I have prediabetes or I have, you know, I have type 2. I'd be pointing to I'd like to try Ozempic or I'd like to try Mounjaro. That that's where I would be focused. Based on what mm. uh, my research is telling me, do you see a reason why others would be
1: I've actually, and again, I've been out of specific... We've got a number of type 2s, but I've been out of the type 2 specific mm-hmm. like, prescriptive component for a while. Bayetta okay. and Victoza were very, very big when I was working more heavily with the type 2 population. But we didn't have things like Trulicity or Ozempic or any of those meds to choose from.
2: Yeah,
1: I think now... The benefit of something like um, Ozempic especially is that they have clearance for some of those other risk factors that we're trying to decrease, right? Especially cardiovascular benefit. So if you're looking for the most bang, let's say, in a medication, and you're potentially high risk for heart disease, or you've already had some type of cardiovascular event happen, or you have a strong family history of, then you're looking more towards these newer GLP-1 um, because of what they've proven in some studies.
0: Now, Manjaro is a GLP-1 and also a GIP in in that drug. This is what my 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 thinking and my reading has told me. So apparently a GIP is a gastric inhibitory polypeptide. How really was that? Good. Jenny's just impressed I said polypeptide correctly. I am. <laughs> she was looking at me, she goes, watch him mess this up. I'm <laughs> and, and I got it. Uh so they are like their studies, basically the Manjaro people, I don't know who makes it. Is it Lily? Is it I don't know. Let's figure it out, I guess. I'll scroll. Lily. Lily makes Manjaro. They're saying that people on average on Manjaro are losing like over 20% of their body weight. Is that right? I
1: think I think the one study I read said like 23%.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: It was an enormous amount of weight. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes.
0: And it's not in a, an insane amount of time either. Six, it nine is not. months, under a year, you know? Um, and so, but then Ozempic... I don't know what their their studies say but it's something more like is it like 16 or 18?
1: It's less than that but it's it's substantial again when we're comparing it to something that's older like even the Bayetta and the victoza and definitely much more beneficial than metformin in weight loss it's in the it's in the teens area in terms of percent loss
0: I have here uh New England Journal of Medicine Semiglutide group, approximately 70% of participants achieved a weight loss of at least 10% and, a, and approximately, let me get the rest of it, and approximately 50% of the people, where did that go, uh, achieved a weight loss of at least 15%. Furthermore, one third, one third of participants treated with semi-glutide lost at least 20% of their baseline weight. Wow.
1: Which is, it's huge. You know, yeah. if that is... If that one has been a struggle for a really, really long time for you, and now you kind of are slapped with another, now you have type 2 diabetes as well, right? God, I've already been working on this and I'm not getting anywhere. And now you tell me I have this to work on as well. It's like, how much more can you load on, right? And while lifestyle change is the forefront of what we would try to encourage, Sometimes people have already done some things lifestyle-wise, and it's helped, but it hasn't helped to the degree of 20% 20 weight loss. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, right. Well, this this here goes on to say that these are results that approach those of like three years after bariatric surgery. So, you know, people getting their stomach stapled or whatever they call it, and it's three years later to lose 20%. I'm talking about like click, click live my life, I'm losing weight. And and I and we've touched on this before. Mm-hmm. I, I and I'm I'm gonna do it again. I if I could close my eyes and imagine a world we'd all be out jogging after work and eating a half a piece of chicken with a little bit of broccoli on it and going, oh, I'll take some sparkling water. That's not happening. So like as long as that's not happening, as long as people are are in some situations stuck eating processed foods that are just beating the hell out of their bodies, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. We all shouldn't just go, okay, well, I guess i I guess I'll die. You know, like I, this is this is crazy how well this works. And it is. Because it got into the weight loss market, it's got a light shined on it now because I've been hearing people tell me around diabetes for years, whispering in my ear, uh, maybe GLP-1s, maybe a GLP-1 for type 1s, like me, and it doesn't catch any traction. But I'll tell you what: a couple people lose fifty pounds on TikTok, and everybody goes, "Hey, what the hell? What happened to her?" Y- y- and you know? how
1: did they do it? And gosh, yeah. they didn't have to just sit and eat green beans. Yeah,
0: right? Because I what? Because because they make me choke. Because my parents you won't. At me. Well, <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Like for whatever reason, like I keep trying to make this point. I don't think you should be embarrassed if you have type two diabetes. I don't think you no. should be embarrassed if you're something's going on. I don't believe that a large amount of people are just sitting at home with their hand in one bag of Doritos and their hand in something else and going, I don't care if I die. Like, I just don't don't think that's true. It's not. Is it true for somebody? Yeah, maybe. But also that person deserves a life too. And I'm not saying you should use the drug and then just eat poorly. I'm totally not saying that. But I'm saying that if this helps... Then why not? And my point is, why did it jump into the weight loss category? So, for example, uh, right now, Manjaro is only available for type 2 diabetes. But there's Correct. no doubt in my mind that they are very busy right now making, you know, something something that's going to be for weight loss. Because Ozempic is for diabetes, type 2, and they made Wegovy. Now, you'll hear people say Ozempic and Wegovy are exactly the same thing. They, they are, right? Like, at the molecule, they are.
1: It's just the dose.
0: It's just the dose that they change. So there's a different dosing for diabetes than there is for weight loss. Now, what they're learning and what they're seeing is a, the satiation that you're talking about, like just not being hungry. If you go into any weight loss Facebook group or pay attention online, we go to users as an example are like, I am not hungry. Like, I'm reminding myself to eat. Right. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. their doctors are telling them, when you start taking this, you have to keep eating. Correct. And, and that might not be easy to do. I, I'm talking to somebody personally right now who describes mm-hmm. they're using Wegovi for weight loss, but this person's pre-diabetes as well, right? So Sure. Um, and they talk about their entire life. While they're making breakfast, they're thinking about what they're going to eat for lunch. Like, like, and it's not like a softness. This isn't a weak person. You know what I mean? Like just their mind, just they're always hungry. They have hunger in a way that you cannot like I don't understand when it's described to me. Like, Mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? Like, we just ate, or they'll or they'll make three things at a meal. Like any of those things would be a full meal. And they're like, well, I'm gonna yes. get this with this and this, and as soon as I get done eating this, I'm gonna be hungry again. I don't care if we found a way to say that's a disease or not. That's a disease, you, you, you know. Like if your brain's not shutting off your, that's correct. It. Yeah, and
1: and I think in today's, I mean, I, I it begs to actually, it's a rabbit hole. But honestly, we've lost a lot of connection with our brain to our stomach and what our body actually needs and when it needs it. Mm -hmm. We, We have, we've lost a lot of that because we are bombarded with food on a day to day basis, not only with the commercials, but also with social interactions. Yep. Everywhere we go. Availability. Something social. Includes food. You can't go to a board meeting that doesn't include some type of probably pastry along with coffee or tea. Right, you can't go to meet a friend at a park and just sit. It's let's go grab something to eat Mm -hmm. and talk over the food. Right? So, I
0: I, (laughs) I, and I'm gonna. I I've never drank coffee in my entire life. Right? Um, Cold coffee, calories.
1: Oh my goodness! If you're truly just getting a plain old cold coffee, nothing in it. It's like hot coffee that you've just cooled down. Okay. It, it's not caloric. Right. Our our cold coffee culture today. Well, that was a lot of C's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> See, I have little I have little children. <laughs> uh but it it is. It's a, it's an entire, you don't just get coffee. Mm-hmm. You get some type of sweet something in it, and you get frappuccino or you get, you know, something to a it latte. that makes it not taste like coffee, but it's a sweet treat.
0: And all of a sudden it's 300 calories in a glass.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just, I, I'm saying, imagine a world where you were, you've just got caught in this cycle. Like, yes. like you said, like we've been eating like this for years. If you go back to the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, There's scarcity of food, right? And people eat your plate, like because we, you know, but they were still just eating, I don't know, some potatoes and beef and beans. It wasn't like.
1: But they were eating regular meals at fairly regular times. Now, life has also gotten very busy, very different in today, Mm -hmm. comparative to the 50s, right? Right. And the structure of our day has changed very dramatically. We don't have a typical breakfast together, a lunch and a dinner time. Everybody is home and, you know, somebody's reading the paper at the dinner table. That's, that's, I mean, now it's, I was just talking to somebody at my kid's Taekwondo last night and she's like, sometimes I'm shoving peanut butter and jelly in their mouth and being like, we have to be there in five minutes. (laughs) And that's what they get for dinner is peanut butter and jelly. And I'm thinking to myself. I understand, but I have so much I could say to you about this. But you're not asking, so I'm not going to blabber to you. (laughs)
0: Exactly. So, But if people's lives are in, I mean, look, it used to be, I remember I was 12 years old and my grandmother and I were driving down the street in the town. She lived in her whole life. And she pointed, I swear to you, she pointed at a corner where there was construction. And she said, they're putting a 7-Eleven there. That's the end of this town. That's what she told me. And I'll be, damn, that old lady was right. Because now, Wawa, 7-Eleven, any kind of convenience store that you can think of along the way, they're not one in a town. They're at every corner. And so yeah. y- you just think, oh, I'll stop and get it. And then money's more, people have money in their pockets in a way that they didn't before. Yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's just, a, mm-hmm. it's a terrible cycle. So my point is, I think our brains, to your point, have been, they've been, I don't know what the word is but now you're hungry constantly and you have yeah. access to food constantly and it is generally mm-hmm. speaking not good food.
1: And it's and it's a miss I think there's a, a a a disconnect between what does hunger feel like? And, oh, I could grab something quick because I'm not like your brain is thinking further. I'm not quite sure when I'm going to get to something else. So I might as well grab something now because, hey, that, you know, little place to grab, a you know, a coffee and whatever is here or this little place to grab a sandwich from is here. And it's not truly remembering to connect with your hunger level. It's a it's almost just a brain notification of grab it. Mm. It's here.
0: I I had a situation recently where I knew 45 minutes from now there was going to be food, but I was hungry and I almost ate to not be hungry. But I still would have eaten 45 minutes later because the food was going to be there. And I just, I stopped myself. I was like, that's insane. Just be hungry for 45 minutes and then eat. Uh, But I don't have that. I don't have that push the way some other people do. Correct. And then the other side of it is the full. So GLP one's. They're going to tell you the side effects may be nausea, uh, vomiting, or diarrhea. Those are the three that they push when they're telling you, right?
1: Correct. Mm -hmm.
0: The nausea, I don't understand, but the vomiting is from trying to eat food that your body can no longer kind of process, right? Because it slows gastric emptying.
1: It's correct. In fact, there are, you know, if you are utilizing insulin along with some of these medications, it's really important to pay attention to to the what the meds can do in terms of satiety. Mm-hmm. very important because if you are someone who is using insulin and dosing for the food that you're eating or you have what we call as a set dose based on meal time, you know, you always take five units of insulin with your lunch time and then you eat your lunch. Well, starting on these meds now, you may not be hungry enough for that five units. Yeah. Right. So there's there's some caution to be put into the mix here, along with use of these, because they do impact your desire for food.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a desire, you lose the desire, which is good news if you're if you're eating too much, but you are gonna have to remind yourself to eat, but eat the right things within reason. If, you know, do people vomit on it? it? It's not, from what I can tell, it's not something that happens constantly, but it could be right. if you're eating fatty or foods or greasy stuff, it, you might have a bad reaction with it.
1: It it could be that. And honestly, it's more the digestive, like, I haven't heard as much complaint about the vomiting piece it's much more just its background, like queasiness on starting the med and getting used to it. And then a fullness factor that I think a lot of people may not, again, with that brain not really connecting that way. It it may be a fullness that their body's not used to feeling. So it, it may be uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, so. so to, to wrap back around um, – GLP-1s, if I have prediabetes, if I have type 2 diabetes, if I maybe just have weight to lose, then I'm in the, I think right now for, I think right now for insurance reasons, you have to be technically obese to get like weak OV.
1: There are BMI standards that they have to essentially follow in terms of prescription. Not that they can't prescribe, but in terms of coverage, for that medication, you have to meet a certain BMI. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But again, I think doctors who are looking out for your health and can think outside of the box can find a way to get you these things. Um, but the these GLP ones, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pushing someone very close to me pretty hard who has type to two get diabetes to start to, to start it. Um, yeah. I mean, just try to imagine the that you have type two and you have weight that's in excess of what you should be carrying and that a year from now you could lose 10, 15, 22% of your body weight and be help supporting the insulin production. And what's it do in the liver again? It clears something with glucagon and
1: it helps to decrease your glucose. Right. From your Mm -hmm. liver. And so the benefit of that obviously is, I mean, your liver and your pancreas, They're these wonderful organs that are supposed to work together really well, (laughs) right? They're supposed to. (laughs) Um, But when you've got too much being released and your body isn't responding the right way and or your body's not making insulin in the right way, you don't need this assistive piece that's supposed to be this beautiful like management mm-hmm. strategy that your body would naturally do and not it's, like, it's not happening
0: not only that but you know what you hear about a lot now that you just never heard about before fatty liver disease
2: mm-hmm. like,
0: like right so um it's there's a non-alcoholic fatty yes. liver disease and an alcoholic fatty del- i'm talking yes. about not non-alcoholic fatty liver disease that stops your liver from working the way it should mm-hmm. and these medications are seem to be helping with that as well so there's a lot of good here that comes from this and I there know, are, yeah,
1: I, there are an enormous, I mean, I think, I think again with standards of care being changed as they have been, mm-hmm. especially with the, the increase in these types of medications that are being shown to be more beneficial. Um, it's, it's, really talking again advocating for yourself if you don't have a practitioner who has brought any of this up and you're hearing this and you're doing a little bit of your own research and you're saying well I don't know why nobody talked to me about this right I don't know why we're starting with this it doesn't I've been doing the things that I've been told to do along with the medication it doesn't seem to be helping why can't we consider this yeah. right um, and that's when you might need to go to your doctor and bring it up. Um, and maybe you can teach them a little bit of something.
0: <laughs> right. And and for those of you who are going to say like, well, GLP-1s, they're brand new. I, you know, I just heard they can't even make them fast enough because the famous people are using them to lose weight. Uh, discovery of GLP-1 was first identified in the early 80s. 80s. So, there yes, you go. It's mm-hmm. been, that's uh, 43 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and used, what's
1: interesting yeah. is that our zoo, um, we have a Gila monster at our zoo and they mm. actually have the information about, um, the saliva and that there is now a medication that helps people with diabetes. Um, they don't name the medication, but they just note that from the saliva was yeah. formed this medication, well, which the I think is interesting. The gentleman's
0: name is Drucker, an inductee into the Canadian medical hall of fame and winner of the Canadian uh, Gardner International Award is most well known for his contributions to the discovery of glucagon like peptides GLP1 and GLB2, gut hormones that help control insulin and balance blood sugars. That's uh I, I mean it, it just it makes sense. Like it right. really, really makes sense. I you now we have a couple of minutes left. Before yeah. we start before we started recording, you told me you have you have type one clients who are using GLP1s?
1: I have um, I have one client who had tried um, trulicity. Um, I have another one um, who has had very good success with ozempic.
0: Yeah so, and, that, and a reduction in insulin use significant 25 percent a day.
1: A reduction in insulin use, i have to go back to their specific charts to see how much we reduced by, but it's it's a fair amount. I mean, the, the person using Ozempic now for several weeks has come down in insulin use by about 10 units overall um, and has lost weight as well, which is very significant um, and beneficial. Obviously, when you are an insulin user, we have this... We have this management that we have to do in order to make sure we're using the amount of insulin that keeps our blood sugar in the right place, but that we're not getting an overage that then insulin is a storage hormone that allows our body to store more than we actually are using up. So it's it's a fine balance. Um, and I mean, you know, in terms of these other GLP-1s, I think... The newer ones, again, are more the way to honestly go, especially as I mentioned briefly before with the benefit towards um, cardiovascular benefit and whatnot. And We really want to look at that in type 2 diabetes because, again, many people who are diagnosed with type 2 have actually had mismanaged blood sugars for a number of years before they're formally diagnosed.
0: And and here, uh, Mayo Clinic, along with helping to control blood sugar and boost weight loss, GLP-1s and SGL-2 inhibitors Mm -hmm. seem to have other major benefits. Research has found that some drugs in these groups may lower the risk of heart disease, such as heart failure, stroke, and kidney disease.
1: Kidney, yep. Kidney disease, yep. So Mm -hmm. you have
0: have damage being done that you're not aware of, type 2, because you're slow to be diagnosed. And this isn't going to reverse these problems. Right. Uh, but it will.
1: Stop. It's not going to reverse them. But in a side note there, again, our body is it's a self-healing machine.
2: Mm-hmm. Your
1: body does as much as it possibly can to get over all the damage that you're putting into it or on it. Right. Right. Yeah. At, at some point it can only do so much. So while these meds aren't necessarily healing, what they are doing is with navigating your glucose levels, getting your weight more under control, maybe now you can actually feel good enough to start moving more. Right. Um, That's going to be preventative. And then it allows your body to do some of the self-healing that it can.
0: Yeah. I have two things there. The one, you just said something that really kind of lit me up. Like I don't think people know how much they're being held down by their health issues. Like I think they get accustomed to feeling tired or weak or whatever, and you just think this is life. And if you can lift that yeah. veil a little, almost like an antidepressant, if you can lift that veil a little, you might be able to see up. You know, um, you might. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the other thing you talked about about it doesn't. It, it's not a cure, but no. Think, think of it this way: if you stand next to the wall and bang your head on the wall, right? and your head's going to get sore. Uh if right. you stop banging your head on the wall, your head will stop being sore and it will and it will go back to the way it used to be. Try to think of the sugar <laughs> as <Yes>. the wall. <laughs> and instead of it your head, it's your heart or your kidneys or something and you just keep abusing it, it can't rebound. So you got to give it a shot to rebound. Jenny That was
1: that's funny that 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 was actually a really like it was a, a common joke in our house. My dad, we'd go to him with like a complaint, like my knee hurts. Well, when does it hurt? Well, when I do this, my dad'd be like, well, don't do that anymore. Like yeah. it was just, it was a joke, right? right? But you brought up the exact, the exact, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you said earlier about somebody sticking peanut butter sandwiches in their kid to run off to a thing, to run off <laughs> to a sport, right? Like think about like when you're four and five and you're playing soccer or baseball or doing some peewee thing, everyone's reasonably athletic. Like, they're not all stars, but they right. can go out and run around and get exercise. And then what happens?
1: And their metabolism is much higher Insane. than you as an adult,
0: right? And then, but then you sit in school for twelve years, and then some of you sit in college for four, five, six, seven years, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I gained twenty pounds, I gained fifteen pounds, I did this, yeah, you, know, you know, like your your life changes, so you're eating more like you know at the corner kinds of right. foods, and then you say, oh, God, I'm I'm forty pounds heavier than I was in college. I, I tried and nothing happened, right? Eh, yeah,
1: right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's and a that's slow banging I, I mean, your
0: head against the wall.
1: It's is a, it yeah. is. And I think in today's society the I'm not a I don't love medication. Like I right. I try really hard to avoid medicine I don't have to use. Like if I can do something about it to fix it, I, I will, right? Yeah. Even for a headache. Like I I drink the water, I take a Meditate for a little bit, <laughs> whatever. I try hard, but I think in today's world, some of these meds are—they're the best that we can honestly do in order to get around some of the things that you're trying to work on. But you're never going to get a hundred percent benefit.
0: Yeah. Oh, Jenny froze. This has never happened before, I, Jenny. You froze for a second. <gasps> never going to get one hundred percent. I did.
1: Oh no. That was the first time. Oh, no. Yeah. You're never going to get 100% benefit. As you just said, so many things have changed since a kid was being very active. And now as an adult, they look at and they're like, gosh, I used to do all these things. And now I'm 40, 40, 50 pounds heavier and I'm slow. And I Mm -hmm. I can't run the bases around the T-ball field with my kid anymore because I just. So that's where these meds, especially from a lot of the protective features that they're proving in research. Yeah. Coming along with them, there is a benefit to using them. Just, um,
0: yeah, yeah, just remember that hundreds and hundreds of years ago, one of the signs of wealth was being heavy, because it meant you could afford food, and that sort of mindset has just moved in the wrong direction over hundreds of generations. It just has, and I, I'm I'm sitting here imagining, I'm imagining everybody in the world who who can who could and should, for health reasons, be 30, 40, 50 pounds lighter, right? 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds lighter, and it's not happening. Like imagine if the whole world used a GLP-1 for a year and we woke up a year from now and everyone in that situation's weight was 15 or 20% lower, the world would change and everyone's Mm. mind would be rewired and you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm gonna stop at Wawa and get a pretzel. You'd be like, I'm gonna go home and eat my dinner. And right. It's just that it would be... I'm with you on the – med. I wish – like I'm sitting here wishing that this wasn't necessary, but I think this is the situation we're in.
1: Uh, It it is. And I think if we look at it even deeper level, mm, will medications like this, if they're used not only for type 2, but some of them are being found in terms of just weight loss Mm. avenues, right? So if that's the case, we know the stress on our healthcare system already. With a lot of the conditions that we have that are utilizing a lot of medications that aren't having positive side effects, Mm -hmm. right? So if meds like this are being brought in and utilized to the extent that it's decreasing some of the issues people are coming in with, cardiovascular, kidney, whatever, then at some point, I would like to be able to see that we've decreased the impact on our healthcare system.
0: Yeah, and there's no reason right? that things couldn't switch back in a generation or two as well. Like, sure. like if if every adult right now whose mind is wired to like stop and grab food and eat this before I eat that and all that other stuff, if we all rewired our minds, then our kids would grow up in a different situation. And a generation from now, you could be going in a completely different direction. So here's what I'm going to say. Uh, if you have type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes, uh, go to a doctor and say I want a Zempic or Mongero <laughs> They're not advertisers of the show as a matter of fact I don't know no insulin or, or drug manufacturers ever tried to advertise on the show. I'm not even courting anybody here right I'm right. saying I'm saying this is a fairly simple thing to do that has a good chance of leading to a benefit for you and it gets worth a shot.
1: I think the only caveat to it and is very visible and your doctor may bring it up as well is coverage. Yeah. Right? That it coverage may be a limiting factor depending on what your insurance carrier is or um you know who you're going through for your medical care. So that is we talk about all of the highlights and the things and hey go and ask about this. It is a certain consideration that you have to make sure that you have coverage because these meds out of pocket are expensive. Yeah.
0: I'm even so. wondering, big picture for the world, if people who have decent coverage that will cover it or can afford it in cash, which I know is it's ex- extensively expensive in cash, like $1,000 mm-hmm. a month. It is. But like, if your insurance covers it and it's $25, $50 a month for you or something like that, Maybe just the people who can afford it using it and then the benefit becoming obvious, maybe then that moves the insurance coverage along and the medical community along and people that are in a position to push and say, look, we have to cover these things for people. Look what it's doing. Right.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if they're not having to end result pay for all of these major procedures and things that are very, I mean, have you ever looked at the cost of like a heart procedure and coverage? Mm -hmm. They're in norm, just I can't even imagine <laughs> paying for that out of pocket. Right. But at some end result being that somebody now doesn't have to have that done on our whole insurance sort mm-hmm. of industry. It, it's a rock that once it gets rolling the right way, hopefully it does gather the right kind of grass because
0: yeah, they're right? going to make they'll just make money on something else. So like, hey, we'll do this instead and it'll actually yeah. help you. I honestly think that what people are complaining about now about all the like social media people using it and everything, I think that's going to end up being a good thing. You know, I I get that it pisses people off because they're like, oh, there was a shortage of the drug and there are people who have diabetes that can't get it now. And I mean, I don't know how true that is that that's actually happening or if it's just a news story. But what I think is that it normalizes it. And I think that's the one thing around weight that we really lack is mm-hmm. somebody being willing to stand up in front of a camera and go, hey, look at me, I weigh 300 pounds and I'm going to stick this in my st- Side And I'm going to come back every week and show you again and watch that person, you know, shrink down is it's impact. Sure. You know? I mean,
1: the you know, the one show that I can't remember, what is it? The Biggest Loser. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't even know if that's still on anymore. But so. that was kind of what what this is. It was a weight loss, lifestyle weight loss that really did have major turnaround impact. It yeah. did. But. They had coaches, they were like stuck in this place with like, you will exercise this much, you will eat only this food, you will make these changes, like, you know. People don't have that in their own home. No, and so, by the it, way,
0: many of those people reverted when they got away from that that situation too. Which just—it's hard
1: to, sh- to keep up with, right?
0: Because there's no not somebody yelling at you every 20 seconds. Do this, do that, and you're like, um, how about I just go to work instead? You, you know, but but it was—I thought that show was a great example of like, wow, you could actually exercise yourself out of like significant. Like, Absolutely, right? You
1: can, but you can also see the work that it takes, and mm. when again, busy life life that we have now, you can see the work that that takes and what you would have to do with the other things in your life yeah. to get it going the right way.
0: Well, and I want to say too, for weight loss, are, no one's saying that you just stick this drug in and you don't do anything. Like you still need Correct. to move and do all the things that you're supposed to do, but you're going to get an incredible boost from it. And um, And I think the last thing that I want to say is like, I just talked about, like, watching, like, weight loss people, like, be influencers online. I'd love to see somebody with type 2. Like, forget the shrinking of your body. Like, I'd love to see someone with type 2 stand up with a camera and go, look, I'm going to inject this and watch my A1C go down. Watch my variability get tighter. Like, watch my health improve over and over again. I think that would be really, really helpful. It would be. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. I I agree. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Jenny, thank you. We've done it again. Yeah. I know.
1: I know. we've And we've only really touched like the tip of the mountain of like, you know, there's so many other medications. So I don't know if people we well, want to do anything brief later at some point about the other meds, because there are other medications and I know that they are still being used. Um, and I think them. some Just minimal explanation might be helpful.
0: Run through them and we'll go back and, and hit them again. But tell people what we're going to hit when we do it again.
1: Yeah. I mean, we didn't really hit on like the DPP fours. I mean, we commented, but there are the DPP-4 inhibitors. Um, let's see, the SGLT-2s, we didn't really get into talking about them. We did mention them, right? Okay. I mean, there's a host of oral combination meds that are often in combination with metformin. I They work all different kinds of ways, but honestly, the main categories are the DPP-4s, the SGLT-2s. We've also got some that are I think less used now the TZDs, um, some that I haven't seen used in a really long time. They're called alpha glu- alpha glucosidase inhibitors. If I, they're like starch blockers, essentially. Um,
0: are, are these things going to go by the wayside though? As the these GLP ones become more prevalent, do you think? Maybe no. Maybe. Yeah. I
1: mean, honestly, in terms of in terms of use, they are still out there. Mm -hmm. how much use they're getting along with these newer meds i don't i don't know i'd have to look honestly and do some research to be able to tell how much these newer ones are really taking
2: over
0: yeah well listen jenny i've never seen anyone on tiktok say hey i took a dpp4 and look at me now
2: (laughs) well not to say
0: that that's an indication but you know
1: no and they're they are i mean the dpp4s are usually used in some type of combination with other things too um so they're not just taken alone mm-hmm. um but i think definitely at least the dpp4s and the sglt2s would be good um chat about yeah
0: okay i just want to point out that heel monsters are very dangerous and don't try to kiss one to get their saliva that's all yes don't
1: don't have one as a pet although i'm sure people do have some as pets. i I saw
0: one eat a goat while i was looking this up online i was like oh my god so just Mm. please i don't know even stay away yeah stay away (laughs) thank you
1: (laughs) leave the lizards in the desert
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right jenny thank you okay bye. bye Thank you so much for listening today. Thank Jenny. Uh, Jenny can be reached at integrateddiabetes.com. She does great work for people living with diabetes. Check her out. And thanks to Dexcom for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox podcast. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Check out the G6, the G7. Find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the G6. All on my link, Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. When you click on the links you're supporting the show. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you're enjoying the type two diabetes pro tip series. If you are, please share it with someone who you think might also benefit or enjoy it. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the juice box podcast.